0: Welcome to Our Parents Did What? A tour of the parenting perils of yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. It's time for a mini episode. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Did you save like the best, the best one for now? (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. It might, it might. I think it's the best story. I think okay. this show comes along with the best, like, history, most intriguing, like, background information. It's, like, I have a lot of stuff that isn't totally related to the show in, in this. So we're going to talk about Captain Planet. Whoa. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. All right. Did you watch Captain Planet as a I child? Did. Okay. I did. I did captain planet he's our hero gonna bring pollution down to zero i loved him i loved him i i i I would say i didn't really love him like he was fine i loved the show and i loved all the kids um and captain planet was fine but that i think was the point and we'll get into that so it's one of the longest running tv shows for kids in the 90s it ran for six seasons it had 113 episodes And it also had a set of Burger King collectible figures, (laughs) in case you were wondering. Oh, man. Everything had to. Fast food and like children's shows were just, the 90s was was here for it. Are you ready for the most astonishing little factoid that I heard maybe a year or so ago, and I still think about it all the time? Do you know the biggest toy manufacturer in the world is McDonald's? no yeah what because happy Meals? yeah like mcdonald's and burger king are the biggest toy manufacturers in the entire world hands down they produce more toys than any other company that's crazy yeah <laughs> so how yeah. is that possible oh my god okay right more <laughs> more crap plastic gets produced by- yeah by Burger King, and McDonald's, and like anywhere else. So anyway, yeah, like to- to- they might produce the most toys, but it's like also the most toys that will end up in a landfill. and like oh yes, five oh yes. Months. Every time I go into like there's a savers near us that's just like a consignment, not a consignment, like a, a secondhand thrift shop, and there's like a whole wall that's just Happy Meal and Burger King kids oh, my meal God. toys. Just like you know, and I get them for my kids because I'm like they'll love this thing. All it does is move backwards and forwards, or its arm moves, or whatever. But right. they'll love it for ten minutes, and then I'll bring it back here. It's fine. And it gives it some more <laughs> life, <laughs> so it doesn't just go sit in landfill. There you go. So while I was doing some research, I learned some really astonishing things about Captain Planet, and I really, I had a lot of shows on my list that I wanted to explore. I wanted to look into like the history of Fraggle Rock, Power Rangers, Ooh. Animaniacs. Like there were so many good ones. But then when I started reading about Captain Planet, I was like, I wasn't going to do Captain Planet, but now I am. Mm -hmm. So Captain Planet was first pitched to a VP. I believe she was a VP of production at, oh, I forget where it was. She was at a big television station. Her name is Barbara Pyle. And it was, it was pitched to her by media mogul, Ted Turner. And all he said was Captain Planet, make it happen. And she was like, What do you what? What else is there? And he was like, "That's your. That's for you to figure out." Oh my god! So like an hour later, she had developed the entire premise for the show. Whoa! She was like, "I I love that it was a lady." Yeah, right. (laughs) She was like super into environmentalism. This was like her big thing that she was like concerned with on the side from her main job. So she was like, "I'm gonna yeah, okay, let's make it a show about environmentalism for kids." So each episode was based on a real environmental issue that she had learned about or that, you know, their team had learned about and was also based on a real location. And Barbara Pyle had been a documentarian for years and had traveled all over the world to look at different environmental issues or cultural or social issues in different places. And so they used her footage from her documentarian life to create the actual locations that they, you know, featured on the show. So when you saw kids playing, in a town in nigeria on the show like it was based on real footage she had taken uh-huh. so it was very accurate so the thing that's most amazing about captain planet is that he's one of the only superheroes that basically doesn't exist until he's called upon like oh. all other superheroes are their own individual entities they like have lives they have alternate identities they have jobs they're like dark and brooding they would you know whatever but like captain planet doesn't really exist until those five kids take out their rings (laughs) like he gets created from the ground like he he like comes forth from the ground (laughs) like he doesn't exist until he's called upon and i think that's really cool because it gives the power to these kids it makes it really about they have the power with these rings to to affect all this change and then when they can't do it alone with their individual powers they combine their powers and then captain planet comes and and so it's like when we work together then we can make a bigger difference and all of the kids were really like they did a really great job of representing different kids from different places and different cultures so everybody who watched the show could see something that they could relate to that had some sort of there was representation just everywhere which was great and the kids really in the show were the superheroes. Like I didn't I didn't feel anything major towards Captain Planet, but I loved all those kids. Like I yeah. thought they were so cool. And I loved that they all had accents and like they were from different parts of the world. It was great. So the other thing that I didn't know is that Captain Planet, when you look at him, the way he's drawn, it looks like his skin is blue and his hair is green, right? His hair is green for grass and skin is blue for oceans or the sky or whatever. But apparently he's supposed to be translucent, but they had to draw him blue because like that's, but he's supposed to, yeah. So it's sort of like water is, doesn't have a color, right? But the sky makes it look blue. So he's actually, so it's like, that's kind of a fun little fact about him. Yeah. So now I just want to spend a few minutes talking a little bit more about Barbara Pyle because she is, uh, she I didn't know she existed until yesterday. And now I think she's probably one of the most interesting people alive. So she conceived of this show. She she executed the show. She's a famous documentarian. She was environmental activist. She spent years going to different environmental events and conferences, speaking, talking about Captain Planet as a way to motivate children and youth to like really own the Conversation around environmentalism and making a difference. And then in 2005, she was driving in her Prius and got into a terrible car accident and suffered a traumatic brain injury. Oh no. And from 2005 until 2020, she essentially couldn't remember anything about the day, de- like from the day before the accident. At oh my all. God. She just had lost everything. She didn't remember Captain Planet. She didn't remember her life work with environmental advocacy, she just it was just gone. And so she kind of lived in this fog for years and years and and lost all recognition of who she actually was. She had like completely lost her identity. She was still famous. So people wanted to like, invite her to events and have her speak. And she was like, when I go to those things, it's hard for me because she had to relearn how to walk and relearn how to talk and like everything. And so She'd go and she'd kind of like fumble through and try to like try to present, and she was she was very erratic and and would just say things and do things suddenly without warning mm. because like her brain was broken. Yeah. And so finally in 2020, out of nowhere, she she describes it as a fog lifting, as just suddenly everything came back. She what? just could remember everything suddenly, and she was just like, "I'm back, guys." And That's so she's been like so bizarre. Right. And so she's just been on this like tear for the last year and a half or so going to conventions and conferences talking about Captain Planet and talking about environmentalism. And when she came back, she was like thing that was hardest for me when I first started to like remember everything was how much time and energy and effort I had put into this and put into children in like the early mid 90s on this issue. And then to wake up 15, 20 years later and see what had happened, there's so much work to do. And I was like, oh Barbara Pyle, we can't let you down. <laughs> we can't let you down. I'm a planeteer <laughs> and I want to save the <laughs> Earth by so, Damn. Oh know. my God. Right? Crazy. That like needs its own movie. Her life story. Just like everything. That- I know. Just look her up. She's a fascinating woman. <laughs> just like Whoa. she's like 74 she lives in like a bungalow in saint lucia she's just like living her best <laughs> life <laughs> she's everything we want to be right she's a short little petite woman with curly blonde hair like i just love her she's like yes oh she dresses God. up as captain planet to go to conferences no she does like, not she. no she does not <laughs> dressed up as Captain Planet I just love her so much wow so yeah I think I think the world could use more Barbara Pyle I hope I'm pronouncing her name right it's P-Y-L-E It sounds like Pyle I would think it's Pyle it's either Pyle or Peel but it's like, yeah. well I don't really know but eh. huh. <laughs> so yeah wow so, mm-hmm. that puts Captain Planet in a whole new light right for me now so that was great yeah so I hope one day we we Reimagine and reboot Captain Planet, but let it be its original self because it was so good. I definitely want my kids to sit down and watch it, like having remembered it and remembered how like fun it was. And like I remember being like, I want one of those rings so I can like, yeah, make the Earth like move and make the wind blow and you know like talk to animals because it was so cool. It was so cool. I really appreciated that they managed to take a topic that was kind of like nerdy at the time. Yeah. Like being interested in the environment, like the lyrics to the song are like, <laughs> like the, there's a, there's like a rap break in the middle of it. And it says, we're the planet tears. You can be one too. Cause saving the planet is the thing to do. Like that was literally the lyrics. <laughs> like that's where this show was at. It was unapologetically nerdy about saving the earth. And I think that it made the kids who really like latched on to it are the kids who today are adults who are, who really care about the planet. And like, thank God that show existed because who knows where we'd be. So you can find us online in many places. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We're always at OPDW Podcast you can send us email at opdwpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give us a review on whatever podcast listening platform you use, we're always thrilled to get those. They really help people find the show and they just fill our hearts with so much love. Yes. And our music is by Theo Rosenberg. So thank you, Theo. Thank you, Theo. Thanks for listening. See you next time.